Today on Locked On A's, we are talking about the present and the future and the future present. And we're talking about Alvis Andrews and Nick Allen at shortstop for the Oakland A's, both now and in the future. And then we have win of the week. The A's didn't win a game this week, so let's hope that they win one this coming week. Which game is it going to be? That's what we're here to decide. Let's get into it. You are Locked On A's, your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's time for Locked On A's. Stepping to the mic, it's your host, Jason Burke. How's it going, A's fans, and welcome to episode 440 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke, and on today's episode, Elvis Andrews is disgruntled about his playing time. Nick Allen is taking some of that playing time. How's he been doing? And then we pick the win of the week, <laughs> because there are so many interesting games coming up for the A's this week. I know they're facing the Rangers in Texas and then also Seattle, not like a, a big who's who of teams that you never see ever. You, we, we see these guys 19 times a year, but... I'm intrigued by the pitching matchups. It might be a good week to be an A's fan. At least there's storylines involved in a lot of the pitching matchups, so that is something to keep an eye on. And we're going to get into it here in just a second. But before we do, thank you guys so much for making Locked On A's your first lesson of the day. We're free and available on all platforms. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you like to hear podcasts. Follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter. And if you guys have a question or you just want to join the the Twitter community that we have. Uh, join our Twitter community. It's as simple as that. Just join our Twitter community. Uh, it's the Locked On A's Twitter community. The end. Post some questions. Make some friends. Have a good time. But let's get into today's episode. And uh, it's about Elvis Andrews. That's where we're starting right now because there was a story in the San Francisco Chronicle published on Saturday saying that Elvis Andrews is mad that he's not playing every day because he views himself as an everyday player. And I think that it's fine that he's pissed about his playing time, and he should be, because he's a competitor, and he has been an everyday player overall. That makes sense. I'm okay with him being mad. I also don't know that it's warranted necessarily, and it was kind of easy to see coming the entirety of the season, but I'm okay that he's mad about it, sure. The weird part of the article for me is that the headline reads, Of course I'm upset. A. Zelvis Andrews voices frustration with reduced role. Uh, the headline is definitely there for clicks and is lazy. And uh, what what you doing, SF Chronicle? That's just weird. That's some uh, some SF gate <laughs> baiting that they're doing over there at the Chronicle. And I know that they're affiliated, but it doesn't matter. Anyways, any A's fan could have told you this season that there was no way Elvis Andrews would be an everyday player the entirety of the season, and that is for two reasons. You probably know at least one of them, if not both. But the first is that this is a rebuilding season, and the A's want to give Nick Allen a legitimate shot because he is ready to take over the reins at shortstop, and Elvis Andrews has kind of been making it so that he can't. So it would make sense to give Nick Allen more playing time because wins do not matter to this team. And we saw Nick Allen hit a home run, his second of his career, uh, for the A's on Sunday 
against the Houston Astros. So, hey, maybe we should keep playing that guy because he's young and good. He's 23. Let's see what he's got because the A's have so many shortstops in the minor leagues. Is Nick Allen going to fit into the plans? We have to find out what he has now before those guys, those Max Muncie types, are also ready. And Gallop's probably going to stay at third, but you got to see what Nick Allen can do at the big league level before those guys come up behind him and start putting some pressure on him. So you got to give him some leeway. That's reason number one. Reason number two uh, is that Elvis Andrews has an option on his contract for next season. And if he reaches 550 plate appearances this season, then that $15 million option, $15 million option uh, it flips from a club option, which the A's can just flat out decline, uh, to a player option, which he would be like, yes, I want to come back. Not necessarily to the A's, but I would like the $15 million that is in my contract, please. And so, obviously, the A's, or any team in baseball, is going to make it so that a team or a player of Elvis Andres' ability at this age, at 33, is not going to get that money. It's part of the business, and... It's not good, but it's there, and, I mean, it's something that you can easily manipulate. I don't know why players agree to that. It's kind of silly, honestly. It's like a, it, like at my job. If they were like, hey, if you show up for 40 hours a week for the entire year, uh, we will give you $10,000 uh, at the beginning of next year. And I'm like, cool. Um, I, I can't call in sick. They're like, no. And I can't take any vacation. No. But you write the schedule and dictate whether or not I'm going to reach that, those 40 hours. And they're like, yes. I'm like, that's a bad deal. That doesn't make any sense. And But so that that's kind of what we're dealing with here. It it doesn't make sense. But maybe he thought that he would be, he would hold up better and his stats would be better. And he would be he would be earning that playing time. And he's roughly a league average player right now. He'd be probably a good add to a team that needed him. But they probably didn't want to pay that $15 million for next year, which made him not trade bait at the trade deadline. There you go. And obviously, the A's don't typically spend money like that on guys in any season. So we always knew that his playing time would be reduced enough. Just enough. Like, he could get 549. They'd be like, yeah, that's fine. Whatever. You, you, it didn't become a player option. That's fine. Uh, so his playing time would be reduced enough to make it so that he did not reach that 550 number that would keep him around for another season because he's eating up a roster spot that they could use for somebody else that they want to give a crack to. Uh, and also, they don't want to pay him that much money because they've shed a lot of salary. For context, Matt Chapman, uh, a guy that the fans loved and who was very, very good at defense and sometimes hitting. Uh, he's making $12.5 million this season. He was traded. Matt Olson, who was a, an MVP contender last season with his new contract that he signed with the Braves, is making $15 million this season. He was traded because he's with the Braves. Obviously, that, that makes lots of... <laughs> the, the two words were, he's with the Braves, and also he got a new contract. Those were big red flags, just in case you didn't know that Matt Olson was no longer on the team. Uh, you got Chris Bassett making $8.6 million. Sean Manaya making $9.7 million. Frankie Montas was making $5 million. Traded, traded, traded. The A's do not like to spend money right now during their rebuild. They don't like spending money in general, but uh, even... But when they are, you know, contending and whatnot, uh, they'll spend closer to $100 million. They are definitely not trying to do that right now. They are trying to make a bunch of guys that get like two, three, four million million right now and then uh, let them go play. That's what they're kind of operating under 
currently. And so if the A's didn't want to pay those five guys, arguably the uh, best five guys that were on the team last season and five of the most beloved players uh, that we that were wearing green and gold last year, other than like Ramon Laureano, who has his own fan base, uh, then I don't think that Elvis Andrews really had a chance here because he's not beloved. He's he's a ranger in everybody's heart, and he was here to kind of replace Marcus, and he hasn't done a great job of that, and nobody could have replaced Marcus, honestly, uh, unless it was Marcus, and uh, that didn't happen. But uh, this being the case, he's probably going to file a grievance, but the A's can just say that uh, they're in a down cycle, which is what they're going to say, and they're trying to find pieces for the future, and that's all true. So he's not going to win the grievance. It's a silly little option that doesn't make sense from a player standpoint, but it was put in his contract whenever he signed that, like, seven, eight years ago, whenever that happened. So, uh, you know, it, it stinks for him, and I like Elvis Andrews. I'm not saying that he should not get that money or that he is not worth that money. He's just not worth it under this contract with the A's. He might be... He, he could probably sign like a three-year, $15 million contract with a different team and do it over a longer stretch, but he's not going to be getting it from any team for one year at his current rate of play. And I get that Elvis is mad, honestly. Uh, we, we've seen this adjustment to his playing time coming all season. I honestly don't know why this is a legitimate story in, in the San Francisco Chronicle. I would have talked about this before the season started if, uh, if I didn't have a baby and I was still recording podcasts on the regular, you know, when that happened. But uh, it's not news. Everybody knew that the A's were not going to be paying and or playing and then paying Elvis Andrews $15 million come next season. That's just silly talk, you guys. I don't know why this is a story in the San Francisco Chronicle. And it's not even like the A's in particular are special in this case. Any rebuilding team, you could go the Orioles who traded Super fan favorite Trey Mancini to the Houston Astros, one of baseball's most hated teams. And uh, they were like, yeah, I mean, we're in playoff contention and they still traded him. So, uh, yeah, I don't think that the A's will be at fault here for not playing Elvis Andrews enough. And even a contending team probably or most likely would enact this plan if they were getting slightly below league average play from somebody and had another option on the roster. If they, if like the Yankees had Elvis Andrews, but then they had Nick Allen, they were like, yeah, let's see what Nick Allen can do. He's better at defense at the very least. And then, uh, you know, maybe he develops into a better player too. So, uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure that any team would do this and it's not an, a specific thing. It just, it, it felt like it was meant to make the A's look cheap, even though, and they, trust me, they, they are they are cheap. So it's not. It just felt like a, a layup one where it's like, look at the A's, they suck. And I'm like, no, but it's everybody would have done this one. This isn't a special case for the A's, and so it's just lazy reporting by the Chronicle. And uh, that's all. I just thought that it was silly and a silly story, a clickbaity story that's not really a story. Of course, the A's weren't going to do this because they got somebody else waiting in the wings, and we're going to talk about him coming up, so stay locked in with Locked On A's. We're talking about Nick Allen. As you gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. You can create free job posts in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. That is so many people. Sometimes it blows my mind that there are that many people in the world and, and you can just create a free job post in minutes and reach that many. That's insane. Go off LinkedIn jobs. Then 
add your jobs and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know that every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash MLB. That's linkedin.com slash MLB to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to hit subscribe wherever you like to hear podcasts. Follow us on our uh, our YouTube channel. Subscribe over there. And then follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter. If you guys have any questions for us, please join our Twitter community and post some questions in there. Start a conversation. Make some friends. Do all the good stuff. But with Elvis Andrews getting less playing time, Nick Allen has been playing more. So we beg the question, how's he doing? Well, he's batting 212 with a 274 on base after his game on Sunday in Houston, so the initial stat line isn't great. But if you look at his stats from a month-to-month point of view, it's what a typical player kind of experiences when they get called up to the majors. So it's a little bit less concerning when you go month by month. Uh, the last third of June, he got some regular playing time, and that's kind of when you start looking at what is the player doing when they're playing somewhat regularly. And he uh, got 29 at-bats from June 21st through the 30th, so, I mean, almost three a day. You would, on average, roughly three a day. Let's go with that. And he hit 310 with a 394 on base, and then he struggled big time in July, batting just 157 with a 192 on base and 70 at-bats, which is not nearly as often of playing time, but it's close. It's... 70 at-bats in a month is nothing to sneeze at. That's regular, but it's not everyday playing time. So keep that in mind, I suppose. I I mean, Elvis Andrews is still there, so that's probably why. But uh, this month in August, while playing roughly every other day, he's back on the upswing right now, and he's batting 276 with a 344 on base. His baseball savant page also likely tells the story of what happened in July as well. I'm kind of guessing on this one a little bit, but when you look at the numbers, it kind of makes a little bit of sense. So uh, they have him hitting 303 against fastballs. That was actually coming into Sunday's game. I didn't update that one. So that's my bad. Uh, That the home run that he hit was on a fastball on Sunday. So there you go. Uh, He likes fastballs. I assume that pitchers will adjust to that at some point, which I believe they did in the month of July because he hit 125 against off-speed pitches and just 094 against breaking pitches. This is for the entirety of the season. This is not just July. So you would imagine that if he was not hitting as well, he was seeing fewer fastballs in the month of July and seeing more off-speed, more breaking pitches. And sliders in particular have been very, very difficult for Nick Allen, who's betting 073 on sliders with a 40% whiff rate. He's going to have to improve that because we've seen it over and over uh, year after year playing the Astros. They have so many guys with so many like really, really excellent sliders. He's going to have to be able to at least lay off sliders, if not be able to hit them. Uh, he, and he can go the, uh, the other way, too. So he can go with a slider and follow it through the zone. And I think that he can have success against sliders. It's just you know, 
It's his first season. He's getting irregular playing time. Once he gets regular playing time, let's see how he does. So he's a work in progress. I am liking what I'm seeing so far, though. And the reason that I wanted to look into Allen today is because on Friday, he had three hard hit balls or balls hit with an exit velocity of over 95 miles per hour. That's usually a good sign for who's seeing the ball well. Uh, while that's still true in this case, I mean, he did hit a home run in his next start on Sunday or yesterday or today as you're listening to this. I don't know when you guys listen. Uh, I, I hope it's immediately, but also people have plans and like do things sometimes. So if it's not immediately, just sometime, just make, just listen sometime. But uh, <laughs> uh, he did, he, he's been hitting fastballs is what I'm getting at here. Um all three of the hard hit balls that he hit on Friday were fastball variations. Two of them came off of the four seamer and one came off the cutter. And all three were modest heaters as well with the cutter coming in at 84 miles per hour. And the two fastballs were 91 and 93. I believe the home run that he hit was like 90 or 91. So that was also at the home run that he hit on Sunday was also a lower nineties. It wasn't like a 98, 99, something like that. So um, just a thought, to keep an eye on, and I'm not saying that he cannot hit velocity, because he has, but I don't know that he's going to have the same level of success with the hard hit balls that he has had with the lower 90s fastballs or, you know, cutters or whatever, um, because he had an opposite field single against Carlos Rodon's 97.7 mile per hour fastball. That one was, it, it went like 14 feet and squirted through the infield against the Giants, so uh, I think that if the defense had been playing him more straight up or I, I don't know. It was a weird ball. Uh, so I'm not giving them like full, he got a single on it. We'll go with that. But still, it, it wasn't like a, a well struck ball either. Uh, he also had an opposite field double against a 97.3 mile an hour heater from Dylan Cease. Um, both, both guys are good pitchers. So those are most likely pretty decent fastballs. And Cease is absolutely pitching out of his mind of late. So getting anything off of Dylan Cease these days is definitely uh, good. So good job from him on, uh, you know, taking a couple of opposite field heaters. or And they were, you know, on the outside of the plate too. So um, he's, he's hitting the ball where it's pitched. You like to see that, especially from a guy that's only 23 years old. And the hit tool was the question when, you know, coming into last season. And uh, he's been he's been doing pretty good. So that's that's nice to hear, I think. Also, in limited playing time, uh, Nick Allen has a 19.5% strikeout rate and a 7.5% walk rate. Those are nearly identical to the rates that he put up in AAA a season ago, so that is also a very good sign. He's adjusting. It's just a matter of getting his timing down and adjusting to Major League Pitching, but he's not being overwhelmed, I don't think. He's still able to walk at the same rate that he was doing in AAA and strike out. Not an astronomical rate it his strikeout rate has stayed the same so he's seeing it well he's just got to work on his timing is what i'm seeing here i think uh the determining factor here is going to be can he hit breaking balls and off-speed pitches that's going to be is he going to be an everyday player who can do that or is he going to be a bench player who can play some solid defense and you know fill fill in in a spell that's what the a's are trying to figure out that's why elvis andre is playing a little bit less and uh you know month to month it's going to be a roller coaster or a work in progress, but you got to like the returns that you're getting so far on Nick Allen. And I'm intrigued. I'm looking forward to seeing more Nick Allen, maybe down the stretch and 
definitely next season. So uh, strap in because we're going to be talking Nick Allen a whole bunch because he's exciting and I like him. So there you go. Uh, coming up, we got win of the week. So stay locked in with Locked On A's and we'll be right back. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. Find all of your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Even golf. That's a sport. <laughs> BetOnline continues to be the number one online resource for all of your sports wagering information from live in-game betting scores and podcasts they've got you covered i'm still working on them getting the win of the week uh posted it's gonna be uh do you agree with jason or not you, you should probably bet against me but if you ever see it on bet online a's win of the week presented by locked on a's you know what to do, you guys. So head to Bet Online today and see if they're doing that yet. Uh, or, you know, you can use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. And you can get, do that over at Bet Online because Bet Online is where the game starts. Welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show and you've made it this far, please leave us a five-star review wherever you like to hear podcasts. Five stars only. If you leave four stars, that's great. But also, please don't. <laughs> that doesn't help me very much. Uh, five stars only. And uh, if, if you want to write some kind words, go ahead. I'll see those. And then uh, then we'll be best friends. There you go. Uh, also, follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am a by Jason B on Twitter. If you guys have any questions for us, join our Twitter community, pose a question in there, make a bunch of friends. There's some good people in there. And uh, that's all we got there. Also, thank you guys so much for making Locked On A's your first lesson of the day. I got more about that coming up later. But let's get into the win of the week. Huh. Um, all right. So Monday in Texas, we got James Caprillion going against Glenn Otto. I have bet against Glenn Otto before, and uh, I don't like him. James Caprillion. I like him. A's win that game. Uh, okay. Tuesday is going to be a very interesting game because they got the A's have J.P. Sears making his second start for the A's. And he shut down a pretty good team last time. And, uh, uh, and by pretty good, I mean the Angels. <laughs> I forgot who we, who we pitched against there for a second. I was like, no, no, never mind. I take it back. I'm leaving this in the podcast, though. He shut down the Angels. He was good. Uh, Sam Mole blew that game. Uh, also, quick note on Sam Mole. Um, all of the home runs that he's giving up, they're on the slider. That's a fun little tidbit. Uh, he only has two pitches, though. So it's not like, ah, stop throwing the slider. He only has a sinker otherwise. So... One of the week tidbit. Um, so yeah, so J.P. Sears, I think that he's going to shut down the Texas Rangers because uh, I'm, I'm not a fan of the Texas Rangers. He's facing Colby Allard. I like J.P. Sears in this game. Uh, Adam Aller going against Cole Regan, Reagans. I don't know who that is. I'm not looking him up. Um, Adam Aller is interesting. I like him. He's been pitching better. I'm going Adam Aller. And then on Thursday, the afternoon game, the getaway game, you got Zach Lowe going against Dane Dunning. Logue's been up and down. He's been inconsistent. I still think that he's a good long-term project. I'm not sure that he's going to win this game. Uh, so Monday and Thursday, I'm a little bit iffy on, but J.P. Sears and Adam Aller, they're money. Give me J.P. Sears and Adam Aller. Those are two wins right there for you guys. But the there, there are actually two more interesting uh, ones coming up for you guys later in this week, and that is Cole Irvin. 
I know that I talk about Cole Irvin a lot because he's the A's best pitcher right now, but Cole Irvin going against Marco Gonzalez of the Seattle Mariners. And you might be like, whatever, the Mariners, I don't care. Marco Gonzalez said that he had to tune out the fans at the Coliseum. Ha, ha, ha. And he's a jerk, so that's great. So you want to beat Marco Gonzalez. That's point number one. Number two is Cole Irvin had some words about the Mariners last year, and the Mariners made him eat those words on the field, basically. Uh, He said something to the effect of, we shouldn't be losing to teams like the Mariners. And then he went 0-5 against the Mariners because they absolutely obliterated him last season. Uh, He went 0-5 with an 869 ERA in 19 and two-thirds innings. Uh, they, They inflated his ERA by over half of a run by just being petty and mad about something that he said about them. So... Uh, this is his first start against the Seattle Mariners this season. I'm very intrigued to see what happens here. Is he going to get shelled like he did last year? Or, I mean, obviously he's uh, pitching better than he was last year. Even without his Mariners starts last year, I think he had a 367 ERA. It might have been 357. I typed it in, closed the tab. It was one of those two. It was right in the 350-360 range, um, and that was without his Mariners start. So he was a pretty good pitcher before, but he has a 3, what, 13 ERA? Three. The Astros did a number on him. He was a sub-3 ERA pitcher going into the Sunday's action. So he's got a low threes ERA currently. He's pitching better currently. He has not faced the Seattle Mariners. Are they still his kryptonite, or has he figured something out, and he's going to go shove in or against Seattle? That's what I, I'm very intrigued. I have personal stakes in this game for a friend of the show, Cole Irvin. Uh, I, I'm obviously picking Cole Irvin to win this game. And then you got James Caprillian going against Logan Gilbert on Saturday. Interesting matchup. Gilbert is a young stud. Sure, cool. He's probably, he might win that game. Seattle's actually playing for something, so there you go. And then the other very intriguing game, that, or, or you know, matchup that we have, you got Luis Castillo going for the Mariners, their big trade deadline acquisition. Uh, it was, you know, Frankie Montas and Luis Castillo. Those were the two big pitching targets out there. The Mariners went with Luis Castillo, and he is going to be facing the guy. I mean, we already talked about who he is, but J.P. Sears, who the A's got by trading Frankie Montas to the, the New York Yankees. That has some intrigue for me. I'm picking J.P. Sears beating Luis Castillo, going big, not going home. The A's are going 4-3 and three this week. There you go. The A's are winning four games after winning zero games. That's how you have a rebound week, and that's how you go out expecting to win like all of the headlines are saying after Sunday's game. Uh, I'm not reading those articles. I Whatever, it's fine. <laughs> all right but anyways that's all that i got for you guys today thank you so much for making locked on is your first listen today now go make your second listen the locked on mlb podcast because baseball expert paul francis sullivan brings humor passion and a unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league follow the number one daily league-wide podcast locked on mlb they're available on the odyssey app they're available on youtube and wherever you get podcasts Basically, wherever you're listening to this, go listen to Paul Francis Sullivan. Call him Sully, though. Um, And then, you know, when you're done listening to that, come back and listen to this one again. Why not? Screw it. We had fun today. Um, Leave us a five-star review wherever you can. Make sure to follow us on social media, at LockedOnAs on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at ByJasonB on Twitter. But that's all that I got for you guys today. So until next time, go out and celebrate good times, Ace fans, and I will talk to you tomorrow.